you know, on, uh, if you were with us last at all, um, we uh, started our Rooted campaign last November, and it's hard to believe it has been a year already. Does anybody else think that? Man, time goes fast. I want to say thank you to those of you who are part of the Rooted campaign. If, you're, uh, if you are new uh, to Mossbrook in the last year and you want to be part of that, there are the Rooted brochures that are out at the, uh, where, the, where the food is, the concessions, I guess, only they're free. It's not really enough to buy it. Um, but there are, there are some of these pamphlets that are out there, and if it's something that you wanted to be part of, you can be part of that. Um, those are there, and you can, you can uh, donate through that if you want. A couple of numbers that weren't on the screen with the Rooted. Uh, we have right now about $400,000 in hand for the spring to get going on that building. And we have already paid $82,000 down on the building. So that was not represented in those numbers that you heard or saw. Um, we've already made that down payment, which locked in the price of that steel building, which was a wonderful thing. We did that last spring. So glad we did because steel has gone up three times since then, and you're looking at somewhere in the 18% range of an increase in steel. And so God, in his mercy, allowed us to put a down payment on that and lock that in uh, last spring so that that price remains the same. So I want to do this morning is give you that update, let you know where we were, what's going on with Rooted, and then I want to spend this morning and then next week, and I want to talk to you about really what it means to be rooted in Christ. I want to talk to you about what it means to be rooted personally as individuals in Christ because really our rooted campaign isn't just about a building. Yes, we didn't have a home of our own. We didn't have a place. We were in rented facilities and have been for the last 18 years. We've been in, in basements of homes. We've been in fire halls. We've been in schools. We've been in this theater. We were in this once before. We've been outside. We've been at the fair. We've been everywhere. Uh, and our theme for a long time was if you could find us, you could join us because uh, we moved on a regular basis and you never knew where it was going to be next. And so, yes, Rooted had to do with a building, a place of our own, a place where we could do ministry out of. But as we talked a year ago when we talked about Rooted, it really has way more to do with our own spiritual condition and being rooted in Jesus Christ, being rooted in our faith. And so this week, I want to talk to you about your personal roots and where are your roots and what's going on with your roots where where are they where have you placed them where are you getting your nutrients from how are you feeding your soul I want to talk to you about that this morning and what does that process look like and then next week I want to spend a little bit of time and and we want to talk through what it means to be rooted corporately as a body when a body is rooted in Jesus Christ what does that mean what does that look like and so this morning, I want to talk to you about you being rooted in your faith. What does it mean to be rooted in your faith? We chose the theme rooted because that concept, that thought is so important to our own personal growth individuals as individuals. Rooted, getting our roots in something matters. And here's the thing. If you're taking breath here this morning, if, if you spend a moment and, and check to see if you're alive, some of you may need to. I'm looking at you and, and I don't know. But you may need to see if you're alive, if you're taking a breath. If that's you, if you're here and you're alive this morning, then you have roots somewhere. You have put your roots down somewhere. And you are drawing life, nutrients, 
the ability for you to keep going, the ability for you to keep living, you are drawing that from somewhere or someone. And this morning, I want to focus your attention on really where it should be. Because what happens to us often is, if our roots are somewhere that they shouldn't be, if they're, if they're in something that they shouldn't be, we always end up very disappointed, right? If our roots are in a person that they shouldn't be in, if they're in our job, if they're in entertainment or fun, if they're in our house and our securities wrap up in maybe what we have, or it's wrapped up maybe in, in what we're hoping to get or, or the money that we have or whatever it is, then at some point, whatever those things are that we find our roots placed in, at some point, they end up shallow and we end up very disappointed with them because they fail us. And so this morning I have four thoughts that I want to I talk to you about. And those four thoughts come from this verse. Let me give it to you. It's Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. This was our theme verse a year ago. It says this, The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is in the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when the heat comes. And its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. Four thoughts that I want you to to glean from this verse. And these four thoughts are about us being personally rooted in Jesus Christ, in God, in the Lord. You need to understand that the last three thoughts that I'm going to share don't stand alone. They're all connected to each other. And in some ways, they're a progression. They, they work together, and it's part of us in our growth in Jesus Christ, and they all work together. But all three of those last three thoughts, and I know you're, you're going, I don't know what you're talking about yet, but you will, okay? If you stay awake and you bear with me, you will know what I'm talking about by the end. The last three all depend on the first one, the first thought. And so now you're asking the question, what is the first thought, Right? Because that's the progression. You've got to know the first thought to get the other three. And I'll, I'll give them to you right now. You ready for this? Here we go. This is deep. You ready for this? Thought number one. Because it's roots, right? Did you catch that? You guys are really slow. Some of you should have. Some of you have weird, a weird sense of humor like I do, and you should have caught that. It's deep. It's roots, right? Okay, number one. Never mind. Let's keep going. You're not with me. All right. Being rooted means I must be saved. Being rooted means I must be saved. In other words, I have to come to the point where I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I have to come to the place in my life where I understand that I am a sinner and I am in need of a Savior. In the beginning of this verse that we just read, these two verses in in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, catch the first part of this. Look at the first verse, verse 7. It says this. It says that being rooted, the person who trusts in the Lord whose confidence indeed is in the Lord. Did you catch that? This is describing a person who has come to the place where they understand that there is nothing that they can do to pay for their own sin. It's impossible. Sin brings us to the place of death. And Scripture tells us this, that someone who was perfect had to pay the price for our sin. We couldn't do it. 
We were unable to pay that price. And if we pay the price, which is death, death in sin means that we are separated from the presence and the person of Jesus Christ, from God the Father himself. We're separated from him. And so this verse starts out by saying, look, the person who trusts completely, they've, they've taken all of the weight of their life, the weight of the sin that they've committed, and they take it and they place it on the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ. They, they trust in what Jesus... See, Jesus is the only one who came to this earth as a little baby, lived out his life on this earth in complete perfection. He was tempted in every way, just the way that we are. And yet, Scripture says, without sin. And he did it so that he could go to the cross and be the perfect sacrifice for your sin and my sin. Romans chapter 5 says it this way, For while we were still helpless, and I love it, there's another translation that says it this way, while we were still utterly helpless. We were just helpless. We had absolutely no ability on our own to do anything for ourselves. It reminds me of a, a, an infant just born, utterly helpless, cannot do anything for themselves at all. That's the picture here. It says this, For when we were still helpless, at just the right time or at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that well we, what's it say up there on the screen? In that well we were, what were we? Well, we were still sinners. He, he didn't do it when, when we had it all figured out. Maybe the verses weren't up there. Everybody's kind of, okay, sorry. I'm asking you to do something you can't do, okay? He didn't do it for us when, when, when we had figured out a way to help God. He didn't need our help. The Bible tells us this. While we were still in our sin, God looked at us. And that means this. We weren't loving God. We weren't caring about God. We were sinners going our own way, doing our own thing. And God looked down and said, they need a Savior, and in the middle of their sin, when they're gross and they're ugly and they're hard to get along with and they don't love me and they've turned their back on me, in the middle of that, I'll go do this for them. Wow. Wow. Well, we are still sinners. Christ died for us. How much more than since we have now been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him from wrath. For if, once, we, once again, well, we were enemies... Of God, not just sinners. We're enemies. We're against Him, and God looks down and says, "Tim, Tim Knowles is against me. He's got sin in his life. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. And as as my enemy, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to pay for his sin. I'm going to give him a gift of forgiveness that he doesn't deserve. That's the mercy and grace of God." Well, I was his enemy. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? The idea here that we're given in Scripture is this. 
It's a 180 degree turn. It means repentance. It means I'm walking one way in my own life, sinning, living life for myself, being selfish, doing my own thing my own way. And I realize all of a sudden I run into the wall of my sin and I go, I'm a sinner and I am in need of a savior. And Jesus Christ is the one who paid the price for my sin. And so I turn 180 degrees. I don't turn just a little bit. I turn all the way and I walk the other way back toward Jesus Christ. And I accept what Christ has done on my behalf as my savior, as my redeemer. And I repent. Repent means this, that I admit before God that I am a sinner in need of a savior and I cannot save myself. Only God can do it for me. That's what it means to repent. And this verse that we're reading says this, that when I put my trust, when I repent and I trust completely in the finished work of Jesus Christ, And I put my confidence in what he has done on my behalf. Oh, I become a Christ follower. A new creation in Christ, a child of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I belong in the family. Let me ask you a question here this morning. Are you part of the family of God? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Redeemer your Savior? Have you repented of your sin? Have you walked one way in your own and then ran into the wall of your sin and repented? Turned 180 and headed the other back back toward Jesus Christ. Has that happened in your life? If it hasn't, it can. It can. It's simply coming before God and admitting my need of a Savior and accepting what He's done on the cross for me and saying, yes, yes. Save me. I repent. I yield. I give my life over to you. The beginning of being rooted for all of us, no matter which theater in, whether you're watching this streaming, all of us, you cannot be rooted unless you first come to the place where you start a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the beginning. That's thought number one. All the rest, build on that. If you don't get that, the rest three, you might as well just not pay attention the next three. You got to be rooted, first of all, in Jesus Christ. You have to have a relationship with him. Number two, thought number two. You ready for this? Here it is. I know you're, you're diligently waiting for what it could be. Here it is. It's really deep. These are roots. You with me? I don't think so. Okay. Being rooted means I am growing in Christ. So I came to know Christ, started a relationship with Jesus Christ, Second, now I am growing in Christ. Back to the theme verse, says this. For the person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in deed is the Lord. My, I'm, I've got a relationship with God, okay? Is blessed. Now catch this, here's the phrase. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. This is growing. This is nurturing. And if I'm in Christ, if I have a relationship with Christ, then to be rooted in Christ means that I put my roots or my person into the person of Christ and I get my life, my nourishment, my food, everything that I need to live my life from Him, from no other source but Christ and Christ alone. And this verse says this, that tree that that is planted in Christ, it immediately starts to put out, and if you looked at a plant, 
I don't want to get too far on you here, but if you looked at a plant, most plants have something called a tap root. It's the first, it's the main, it will be the biggest root. And that root goes down and it finds water, first of all, and then it sucks in that water, and then there's all kinds of other, if you pull a plant out of the ground and you look at it, it has a tap root, then it has all kinds of little roots that go out. And those little roots go out and they find nutrients and, and they find food for that plant to eat. And that's what he's talking about. He says this, look, you need to find something that will give you the nourishment that you need to grow. 2 Timothy 2, 2, I mean 2.15 says it this way. It says, be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching and understanding the word of truth, teaching the word of truth. And so, first of all, relationally, I have to come to know God, but here's the thing, I can't stay there. I have to learn about God. I have to get into the Word of God for myself and study the Word of God. I have to know the character of God. I have to know the characteristics of God. This is what we call theology. It's one of the reasons why at Mossbrook we offer theology classes. Pastor Mike teaches us why we, we offer classes throughout the year. is to help us to get in the Word, to study the Word, to come to know the Word for ourselves. It, it, this isn't easy. This is something that requires work. It's something that I need to do. And, and here's the problem, folks. Often, we come to know God. And like 1 Peter chapter 2, 2 says, it says, like little babies, when we come to know God, we desire the pure spiritual milk to grow up. In other words, it's like a little infant who's just been born, and we, we desire to get that from God, and we start to suck back some of that nutrients, but it's the simple stuff. But we can't stay there. And often as believers, that's what happens. I realize I need a Savior, and I say yes to the work of God on the cross, and I say yes, I want you to save me. And then we stay right there as little infants. Well, God says we can't do that. If you look at Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 to 14, he says it this way. We have a great deal to say about this, and he's talking about growing up, and, and it's difficult to explain. Since we have become, you have become too lazy to understand. Although by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. God says, look, you can't stay as a little baby sucking on a bottle. Wouldn't it look really funny? You know where I'm going. Wouldn't it look hilarious? If we were sitting in this room right now, and I'm teaching you right now, and I'm teaching you more than just the milk, but wouldn't it look funny if we could, if we could see this, a whole bunch of people get their bottles out? And here's what happens in the church, guys. We have people who have come to know Christ, and they're five years old in Christ, they're 10 years old in Christ, they're 15 years old in Christ, maybe they're even 30 years old in Christ but they're still sucking on a bottle. They're still infants in the Word. 
We come to know Jesus Christ, and the expectation that God has for us is that we would get into the Word of God, that we would study the Word of God for ourselves, that we would learn the character of God, that we would come to know who our Father is and the work of the Holy Spirit, and we would begin to learn some of the deep things of God. And here's the problem. I hate to say this out loud, but I'm going to. We live in a really lazy nation. And the church is really lazy. And we're happy to listen maybe once in a while to a program. We're happy to go to church where somebody will feed me. Here, give me a spoon. Maybe hand me a bottle. But we're lazy. And everything we need is at our disposal. It's all here. It just takes work to dig it out. When I was in high school, well, actually it wasn't. Was I, I was in junior high. I learned what osmosis is. Anybody know what osmosis is? Osmosis is the process, right, of one liquid substance going to another liquid substance. And really what happens, it goes through a membrane, right, that, that is porous. And it will equal itself out. If you have more of a liquid on one side and you have this membrane and you have less on the other side, that will equal out, right? That, I, I don't want to get all sciencey on you, but that's what happens with osmosis. And so I remember studying for an exam that I, I had not prepared appropriately for. And so I tried osmosis. I just took the book and I put it on my head. And I wondered if there's a lot more knowledge in the book than there was in my head. So maybe it would go from the book into my head. Guess what? Didn't work. Didn't work at all. I didn't do well. No, don't even try it. It's not worth it, guys. It will not work. But here's the thing, guys. That seems so foolish that anybody would even think about that, right? That this could even work, that this is even possible. But let me say something to you. We do this all the time in our spiritual life. And we say things like, if I could just be close to someone who's spiritual, I'll be spiritual. No, you won't. The good in them may rub off on you to some extent, but it's not going to make you spiritual. If I could buy all these books, no, that's not going to help. You actually have to do the work. You have to study. You have to get in the Word of God for yourself. You have to allow the Spirit of God to mold and shape you and turn you into the person. And that takes work. It takes study. It takes time. And it takes energy. And that's what it means to grow, to put that root system down, to tap into the water source of God Himself and to allow the Spirit of God to grow you up into Him. Number two, I have to grow up into Christ. I have to grow up into Christ. Are you growing? Are you becoming more like Him? Number three, thought number three. So number one is I have to, I have to be saved. Number two, I have to be growing in Christ. And number three, being rooted means I am maturing in Christ. So it's not good enough just to gain all the knowledge that I'm talking about. It's not good enough just to study. That's not the point. The point is to study, to start to know Christ, to begin to grow, to begin to mature in my intellect, to begin to put all the parts and the pieces together. But then I have to mature into Jesus Christ. Look at our, look at our theme verse again. The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. 
He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends out its root toward the stream. Now catch this. It doesn't fear when heat comes. And its foliage remains green. And it will not worry in a year of drought. Not fearing when the heat comes and not worrying when the drought comes, guess what that's a sign of? A mature plant. A tree that has been planted and set a taproot down and its root system has grown out and it's down where the water is. It's deep in the soil. It's getting its food and its nutrients way deep down in the soil. When the heat comes and the drought comes, guess what? That plant keeps growing. That tree keeps growing. Why? It may slow down a bit but it still has all that it's needed. That's maturity. A plant that's roots are just on the surface. They look really good. And then when the heat and the drought comes, guess what it does? It withers up and it dies. And folks, that happens in our Christian life too, right? We come to know God. We grow a little sprout and we put a few roots out and we're sucking in some good from the surface. And then all of a sudden, something difficult happens. Let me say this to you. Something difficult will always happen. It's guaranteed. Coming to know Christ doesn't mean that life got easy. It actually means that life got harder. And so scripture says this. It says that you need to mature in Christ. My son is uh, almost 15. He'll be 15 next month. And in growing up in the last year, he went from a size 8 foot to a big foot. I mean, to 12. And, and I, I tell him, I tease him a little about flippers and floppers. Anyway, but that's a whole other thing. And side note, I am really glad that this happened because I got some really good shoes that barely got worn uh, that fit me at this point. It's, it's a wonderful thing. But what we say is this. His feet grew. That's normal. It's natural. There's a whole bunch of guys right in front of me right now that most of them have big feet. Um, <laughs> Their feet, that's the natural process of growing up. But maturity is they grow into their feet. Did you notice that? That's what happens. As we grow up, our body grows to the size that God intended for it to be, and it grows our feet. We grow into it. Same thing happens. Guys, I'm not likening you to animals, but if you look at dogs when they're young, right, a dog goes by and you go, wow, he's going to be a big dog. He's got big feet, right? They grow into their feet. Same idea here in maturity. As we learn the truths and we grow in the truths of of who God is and we learn about the nature of God, we mature and we grow into the person that God wants us to be. We grow up into Him. Solid food is for the mature. And all of those who have that solid food and mature, then they can sense good and evil. They know what's right and wrong. James says this, that when we're mature and trials come our way and we experience trials, then those trials produce in us endurance and they produce in us a a maturity and a completeness in us. And we don't lack anything because we have the person of Jesus Christ in us, growing us into maturity. Are you growing up into him? Are you becoming more like him? Colossians says this, that when we grow up into Him, our hearts become compassionate, 
We have kindness. We have humility. We have meekness. We have patience. We bear with one another in love. We forgive each other. And the Word of God dwells richly within us. That's maturity. It's not like little spurts of it. It's, it's going on all the time in us. So we come to know Christ. We start to grow in Christ. We mature in Christ. And then lastly, let me give you this. We produce fruit. We produce fruit. Let me give it to you at the end of our verse. Verse 17, verse 8, it says this. He will not worry in the year of drought or cease producing fruit. If you're in Christ and you're growing in Christ and you're maturing in Christ, then the fruit of knowing Christ will be evident in your life. Let me ask you a question. If you're a believer in this room right now, if you claim to be a Christ follower and you are in this room right now, is there evidence by the fruit that you're bearing that you're a Christ follower? Can people look at your life and say, they look like Jesus Christ? Is the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, long, right? Are those being produced in you? Is there evidence? Because this verse that we just read says this, that even when it's difficult, when there's drought, when there's hard times, when those difficulties come, that person who is mature, who's growing up in their faith in Jesus Christ, will not stop producing fruit. It will keep going. It will keep going. Matthew says it this way for us, and it was Jesus who said this. He said, you'll recognize them by their fruit. He was talking, first of all, about the Pharisees, but he goes on in these verses, and he says this, Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce good fruit. A good, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by your fruit. Every one of us is recognized by what we're producing in our life. The fruit that you are producing, what you're doing each and every day of your life, proves that you are in Christ, that Christ is making a difference in you. So believer, let me ask you a question. What is the fruit that's being produced in your life? If you're growing in Christ and you're maturing in Christ, is it evident? That fruit will be in your own life, but also that fruit will be evident by those that you're sharing your life with because there'll be a change. Remember, Sean was praying for those who don't know God yet, who don't have a relationship with God yet. Those people that you're rubbing shoulders with who don't have a relationship with God will see Christ in you and their life will be changed because of the fruit that's being born in you. There's a scary part of this in John chapter 15 where Jesus says it this way, I'm the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If I remain in Christ, I'll produce fruit. But he goes on in those verses and he says this, but if you don't, I'll cut you off. If you don't produce fruit, if you're just sucking the life out of the plant, if you're not producing what God desires, 
So let me ask you this, believer, as I close, as I finish this up. How well-rooted are you? How well-rooted are you? Do you have a relationship? Have you, are, have you even started? <laughs> Let's start there. Have you even started? You can. But believer, if you're in Christ, are you growing and you've been growing for a long time, but you've stayed at the baby stage? Are you on to solid meat, solid food yet? Are you maturing in your relationship with Christ? And if you are, are you producing fruit? That's being rooted and grounded in the person of Christ. That's God's desire for all of us, for his church everywhere. Father, thank you so much for the word of God. Thank you how it pushes us to grow in our relationship with you. Thank you that your Holy Spirit offers all that we need and will direct us and lead us into all truth. Thank you for the promise that if we remain in you, that you will produce fruit in us. It's not a work that we do on our own. It's the promise of the evidence of you living in us. God, help us as a church body, as individuals, to be rooted and grounded in you. In your name we pray. Amen.